Hey there, you're listening to the Choose to Think podcast, where we focus on taking thoughts captive, giving thanks in everything, and walking with a renewed mind. I'm Victoria D. Walker, your resident thought coach. Merry Christmas, and thank you so much for tuning in. Now, before we jump into the amazing Psalm 40 to ring out 2020, I'd like to take a moment to reflect on my ministry this past year, sharing four important lessons I've learned. It's kind of like Victoria up close and personal, so keep listening. As humbly as I possibly can, and into your listening ears, I must first thank God for all that He has taught me in 2020. I've boiled it down to four things, and I have a sneaky suspicion that you have also learned something this past year. Would you mind sharing what you've learned in our Fired Up Mind and Choose to Think community on Facebook? I would love to hear from you. Let's get some chatter over there. Okay, number one for starters, God has taught me that done beats perfect. Now, you know me, I write like crazy. I'm podcasting weekly. I'm putting my stuff out there and it's felt a bit risky at times. I've learned that in business, one of the most important lessons is to show up and be consistent. I've really taken that to heart. There have been many late nights and early mornings when I have prayed, Lord, I've got nothing. I ain't got nothing. I might say, I have nothing to say. I'm prayed out, podcasted out. I've written every word I can think of. I am posted out, designed out, and the list goes on. And then I reminded myself to just show up, to beat my drum, playing it before God as the ultimate of all adoration and demonstrated gratefulness to him. And it's so curious that it has been those blog posts or podcast scripts or videos or social media posts that have had more engagement than the others that I might labor weeks over. And I'm thinking, gosh, I've got this one polished, wrapped and tied with a big red bow. And it's like, meh, on the other side. So, you know, this lesson that done really does beat perfect shows me that in my own weakness, God shows up and he proves himself to be so strong in my life. Lesson number two, God has encouraged me to prioritize working first for him and first and foremost, and with all my heart to seek him as the audience of one. Although analytics are important for any business, knowing my why and sticking to it has allowed me to persevere through those darker moments. A big part of my why involves you. God has steadily enlarged my territory for blessing others, and I can't quite think of a higher calling or privilege. I so desire to be used by God in a mighty way. I want to bless others beyond my own imagination so that when I take my last breath on this earth, I'll be thanking God for allowing me the sweetest privilege to touch your life, the lives of others in meaningful ways. And podcasting is a free public forum. It's kind of become my megaphone. Our Christian faith has taken so many hits in its age-old history, but from my own smallness here in Midway, Kentucky, I long to magnify God, who He is, and what He did, and what He still does for those who put their faith in Him. Lesson number three, God has taught me that there's really no such thing as failure. If I come at doing business and life with the proper mindset and attitude, in other words, instead of seeing an effort or endeavor as a total flop, I've asked myself questions like, what have you learned, Victoria? How can you improve this? Where did you miss connecting with those you're trying to bless and to serve? You know, I listened to a TED Talk teacher recently speak on the gamification of life and how if we were, if we were playing a video game and we goof or 
or we don't quite reach the prize or that next level, we don't just up and say, okay, I quit. I can't do this game. No, we better prep ourselves for the next go around saying something like, I better not go near that cave because that's where I'll get eaten. Or I won't go near that hole or that little box over there because there's a pit waiting for me. So we learn and we enjoy the quote game and we keep getting better and better in the meantime. He, this speaker also used the example of a toddler who's learning to walk. That toddler doesn't fall down the first time and then say, okay, I quit. I'm not going to do this walking thing. And so for me, God has taught me to reframe the times I've messed up or goofed into just another important piece of the puzzle as I fall forward each time and as I keep advancing and moving in in the right direction. And lesson number four, finally, God has shown me that my life doesn't have to be perfect in order to, you know, give me the right quote, right, to speak about God and who I am as a Christian. If this were the case, well, forget it. You know, I've clung to the fact that God qualifies those that he calls. He's the only credential I need to share my testimony with you, right? Isn't that true? Besides, if God can speak through a donkey, I think he can speak through me. You know, he spoke to through a donkey in the New Testament. Remember that passage? Well, it's really not about the messenger, but the message. If you think I'm something great, well, let me be the first to tell you that you are way off base. Yes, I'm firm in my identity in Christ, and I know just how much he loves me and how he gives me worth and value. And yes, some might say that my life is a trophy of God's grace. I love that thought, actually. It's a beautiful tapestry like yours. It's stunning on one side, but maybe if you flip it over, you'll see that it's knotted and jagged, maybe with threads, you know, flying around and so forth. And, but the, you know, the only greatness that I ever hope to declare belongs strictly to God. I have pain in my life. I have struggles and hardships. I always said I was a B plus mom, but you know, still I have regrets that knock on my heart's door and I can still get stuck in toxic thought patterns that do nothing good for me and render me kind of useless as a Bible believing 21st century Christian podcaster and teacher and coach. But fortunately, God has truly taught me over these last four years, especially to choose to think. My kids and my friends often remind me of this. They chide me a little bit. And listen, I don't know who invented that thing called a burpee. You know, it's that difficult physical maneuver. But I've been known to say to my little exercise group, uh, I just can't do these burpee things. To which a sweet friend replies, Victoria, remember to choose to think. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in the choose to think business. That's right. Well, my point is that I'm running right alongside you. None of us is perfect. We all have untold hardships that we may be facing, seemingly insurmountable obstacles in our paths. And we may even have deep, deep heartaches. We've passed through the pan- a pandemic of historical worldwide impact, much of which has jarred us to our very course. So I've learned that, you know what, I still have a story to share and I can still speak and talk about it and declare God's goodness because the focus is on God, not on me. 
I'd also like to offer you a quick annual review of the of this year business-wise. In January of 2020, the Choose to Think podcast was launched and has had more than 5,000 downloads in nearly 30 countries around the world. But we won't count Aruba because that was a dear friend lying on the beach. Okay, we've reached 37 of the 50 U.S. states. Listenership has shown steady, persistent growth over the months, and I couldn't appreciate more your subscription or following of the show. I created and gave away about 20 worksheets, cheat sheets, downloadable freebies, many of which you've snagged. And if you didn't, I've now reserved these printable guides and you know all these documents and such for subscribers or listeners only. And the link to join the tribe is 100% free and to gain access to all these documents is in the show notes. On the podcast, I've had a blast interviewing a couple dozen entrepreneurs and shining stars. And those episodes generally rank higher in listenership, which tells me you enjoy this too. The highest number of listeners, however, was episode 28, Our Souls Have No Color, part two, Educate. And the highest listener count for a guest episode was a tie between episode 18, The Powerfully Sweet Impact of Generational Blessings with Elizabeth Jones, and episode 39, Donating the Gift of Life with Lisa Prather. Now, I have a sneaky suspicion that there's another one hot on the trail, and I don't know how it's going to finish since I'm actually recording this several weeks before the end of the year, but that's the one that just came out recently episode 51, and that was with Wendy Parmley and her weight loss journey. Okay, throughout the year, I've become a bit more clear on my ministry efforts, honing in on what I can offer as a kingdom influencer to the Christian Bible-believing community. With a huge smile on my face, I'm calling myself America's number one thought coach. How does that sound? Is that I'm kind of trying to speak it into existence, I guess, because my mission is to encourage other believers to take thoughts captive, give thanks and everything and walk with a renewed mind. So, hey, I'm head. I'm just going to, you know, I'm, I'm heading the charge on this. All of this in practical and meaningful ways, of course, because, you know, I want to show up, be real and help help both of us really to put feet to our faith. I opened a C2T Merch and More storefront where I have a blast creating scores of designs based on podcast themes. I've got the prices at rock bottom and I don't really profit much per item at all, but part of the purpose was to increase brand awareness. And I have to thank you so much for purchasing a tee or a sweatshirt or two along the way. I know who you are and I thank you so much. I appreciate your support more than you know. Okay, I've also blogged twice weekly with Rico, my Start with a Grateful Heart blog mascot right by my side. And twice a month, I send out emails to my subscribers and listeners and anyone who's opted in on the website. So I think I've done that faithfully for the entire year. And it's been a whole lot of fun um, hearing from you. And when you email me back or when you say something or you message or you text or you you post something on social media, man, my, I mean, I like my head swells because I just love to, to hear from you. And finally, looking forward, in January of 2021, I will launch a free two-week Fired Up Mind Challenge, please save your seat now, where I hope to get to know you better so that I can better serve you in 2021. I'll challenge you every single day for two weeks to take teeny steps in the right direction toward optimal physical and emotional health. I know you want to start 2021 just like that. You know, just yesterday, I drove to Lexington and I picked up a box of t-shirts from Hands on Originals in Lexington. I had no idea how much I love t-shirts 
t-shirt designing, but this is a design I created as company swag. I actually created four unique designs and I allowed the 11,000 members of Life on Fire Movement, which is a huge group of Christian entrepreneurs on Facebook run by Nick and Megan Unsworth to vote on their favorite design. And of the four designs, this one in particular won by a landslide. So I'll be offering a free t-shirt and wristbands during each live session. And there are seven total live sessions over the two-week period during the challenge. So jump on over to victoriadwalker.com slash challenge to participate in this free challenge. For those who complete the challenge, there's a bonus surprise gift valued at $497. That's $497. And I'll give you a clue. Toward the end of January 2021, the Fired Up Mind course. So from the challenge, we can go to the course. We'll open its doors for a three-month boot camp for your brain, fully digital online course that comes with weekly group coaching sessions with all the students and with me. It's going to be our own little community. We'll be a community, a group of brain changers, and we can hold each other accountable and provide a safe community for those who want to say goodbye to negative thinking, possibly addictions, toxic mindsets, anxiety, fear, even just general inertia in this life. And it's very, it's quite holistic. You know, we're coming at it emotionally, physically, spiritually. We're looking at all those areas. You know what your personal struggle is. So whatever you might be facing, why not join this course to start off 2021 on the right foot and be, and, and enter it with a fired up mind living life as God intended. I've been a Spanish educator for nearly 30 years. And this transition to teaching and coaching about walking with a renewed mind and purpose has been huge in my book and I couldn't be more excited about this. Okay. And in the future as to upcoming podcast episodes, I could not be also more excited. Gosh, that's my word for this episode about my guests and the wonderful contribution they will bring to enrich your lives and to help you live life on purpose. I've got Stephen Johnson, who will discuss suicide, Adam Reed and his new book, Love Israel Wellness, Grace Julius from Uganda. He's a new friend I have from Uganda sharing his story from abroad, and so many more awesome guests to help you in your journey to take thoughts captive, give thanks in everything, and walk with a renewed mind. Okay, let's jump on into this amazing Psalm 40, which is the perfect psalm coming in at number 23 on our most popular psalms list to air on Christmas Eve 2020. This psalm so sweetly intertwines the life of David and the life of Jesus Christ. It's a glorious dance between the two that will remind you that what God expects and wants from you is not as hard as you might think. Please stay tuned. And before we go on, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. Psalm 40 is a great dance between King David and Jesus Christ. You may note that some passages are attributed to one and not the other, and vice versa. Truly, its words are like a gigantic fleecy blanket that has us covered no matter what. I'm not sure what 2020 has looked like for you, but I know for many of us, it's been really difficult. Perhaps you've lost loved ones, lost your job, or had a break in your family. Maybe you received a poor medical prognosis that has left you grappling with your faith. The beginning of this psalm doubles or repeats the word waited in Hebrew, which only magnifies the intensity of the meaning. It's like saying, while I waited, I waited. In hope, I hoped. 
some of us are waiting. We're waiting for an answer to prayer. We're hoping for a different outcome. We're longing for peace and unity in our country. Psalm 40 offers tremendous encouragement for us while we wait and hope. God reminds us of four things that he does not want from us. And that's really a good place to start. He does not desire sacrifice, meal offering, burnt offering, and sin offering. Well, what does that mean for us, right? We we don't do those things, but you'll recall that offerings and sacrifices during Hebraic times were given on specific calendar days and for particular events as a way to show gratitude or to rejoice, but also for the more serious intent of a way to propitiate or atone for sin. Historically speaking, humankind is enslaved to sin and Satan to some degree, and the penalty of which is death, and the result of which is separation from God. Essentially, we deserve God's wrath, and we must be held accountable for our sin. In his great plan, God mandated these types of ritualistic and ceremonious times of offerings and sacrifices to serve as atonement and to make amends for our sin. But sadly, some folks even today are trapped under more modern day duty in an effort to atone or make amends for their sin. Just as in Hebraic times as now, there's a problem. Sacrifices and offerings, whether literal or figurative, cannot remove guilt or bring relief nor peace to your conscience. In other words, if we're chasing after God by means of all our hard work and duty in an effort to somehow please him, we probably aren't very happy or satisfied in our lives. And that's why God sent his son, God incarnate or God in flesh, and Emmanuel, God with us, to bridge the gap. Jesus Christ not only atones for our sin, he was the ultimate sacrifice, right? It's not what we're doing, but it's what he did. And he also removes our guilt altogether, justifying us and making us righteous before God. It seems too good to be true, doesn't it? In other words, we get a brand new identity. We find peace and joy and a new way to deal with our lives as we are grafted in as children of God. And if this isn't the best news that you've heard, there's more because we're no longer separated from God. For those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and by faith believe that God sent his son, Jesus, to save the world from sin, and it kind of functions in this way that I'm describing, well, we now have God inside us. The Holy Spirit comes to tabernacle or take up residence in our hearts and minds. And as Christians, we're on a mission, a mission to work out our own salvation, yes, but to share the gospel, to go tell it on the mountain, to bring the, that good, good joy and glad tidings into the world. And how do we do this? Well, we now know what God does not expect from us. In other words, there's nothing that we can do in our own right that will kind of do the trick here. In ancient times and old times, yes, that was the setup. That was the method, but not so anymore after Jesus hit the scene. So what does God expect instead? Okay, so what, do, what does God expect from us? Well, according to Psalm 40, I found four things. It says, um, he desires that I delight to do his will, that I hide his word in my heart, that I unabashedly proclaim and speak, sing out with my lips, glad tidings of righteousness, loving kindness and truth, and that I magnify the Lord as the source of all true comfort and joy. 
That very, the very last verse in the psalm reminds us that in all situations, we come to know that God is our help. He's our support, the one who surrounds and protects us. He's our deliverer. He takes us out of icky scenarios and brings us into security and safety. You and I, we could just say we're poor and afflicted in this world to some state and or to some sense. And in this state, God is our hope and he's our deliverer. And God came into humanity in weakness in the form of a baby to demonstrate just how much he loves humankind and to what extent he will go to prove it. That kind of humility that he that he demonstrated through this little baby. Isn't this really the greatest Christmas gift that you and I could ever possibly hope to unwrap? I'm not sure what 2021 holds for us, but in the end, the only true resource any one of us really has is God. My prayer is that we come to understand that God is actually truly all that we really need. And God has not forgotten you. He hears you. You can celebrate the deliverance that he's offered you as well as the sure footing and foundation that he's provided for you. Okay, so, okay. What does this mean in the day-to-day of it all? I mean, all this sounds kind of amazing, but at the same time, kind of lofty and just words thrown out there, right? Well, let me go back to those lessons that I've learned to illustrate. To me, all this means that as I conduct my life and in any of my attempts to serve, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to ask God to shine through me, to strengthen me, and to lead me. It means that I consciously dedicate the service of my hands and my lips to him first. He is the first person to whom I speak each morning. You know, um, hey, God, I'm going to rise and shine and glorify. Remember that episode? And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, today is the day that you've, that you've made. So I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. His word, his word, his written word is what fills my spiritual belly and quenches my emotional thirst. And it means that I pause to listen to what he might have to say to me because I'm in a relationship with him. And I, you know, practically speaking, if I'm in a relationship with anybody, I have to foster that relationship. It also means that I understand that I receive and accept the grace that trumps my failures, my goof ups, my missteps, my unproductive efforts, that I'm not too hard on myself as I'm a work in progress. And that I remember and I remind myself that I'm covered by his grace, even when I don't choose to think and speak and act accordingly. But because I have him and his spirit inside me, I'm compelled to want to continue to to do my very best for him. It means that I must exercise my faith, that I speak out my beliefs. I declare them. I share with others the gospel or the good news. And I do that with cheerfulness and that I make every effort to shine the light of the light on Christ, who's my help and my deliverer. You know, the treasury of David, that commentary speaks of the richness of hoping in God and how our external circumstances from COVID to cancer, to job loss, to to any measure of hardness have nothing on the one who has faith, on that person who has faith. And here's the quote, a simple, single eyed confidence in God is the sure mark of blessedness. A man may be as poor as Lazarus, as hated as Mordecai, as sick as Hezekiah, as lonely as Elijah. But while his hand of faith can keep its hold on God, none 
of his outward afflictions, nothing in 2020, nothing in 2021, etc., can prevent his being numbered among the blessed. But the wealthiest and most prosperous man who has no faith is accursed, be he who he may. End quote. We, you know, we end out 2020, and I think we can call ourselves blessed. We can find that silver lining, it's there. We can find that little teeny cord of hope, it's there. We can say, God, I don't, I don't have much faith right now. Please, Lord, increase my faith. Help me have more faith. We can say those things. Okay, now let's listen to Psalm 40, the Psalm of David titled, God Sustains His Servant. Psalm 40, the NASV version. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud, nor to those who lapse into falsehood. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done, and your thoughts toward us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. Sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed glad tidings of righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I will not restrain my lips. O Lord, you know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great congregation. You, O Lord, will not withhold your compassion from me. Your loving kindness and your truth will continually preserve me. For evils beyond number have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to see. They are more numerous than the hairs of my head and my heart has failed me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. Make haste, O Lord, to help me. Let those be ashamed and humiliated together who seek my life to destroy it. Let those be turned back and dishonored who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha! Aha! Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. Since I am afflicted and needy, let the Lord be mindful of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. And this is the word of the Lord. And now let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the love and kindness that you have shown to us. Thank you for the precious gift of your son, Jesus Christ, whose birth changed all of recorded history in this world. Help us to bring you glory in everything. In Jesus' name, amen.
And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Hey, the design for today's episode is I choose to hide God's word in my heart today. So you can feel empowered when you wear that shirt and then you can do it. Let scripture verses be your focus on that day, especially. And and listen, be sure to tune in to, on the 31st next week to hear from Rhonda Dragomir. She's a renowned Christian author. She lives in Wilmore and she's going to speak of the orphan mindset or the orphan spirit. Hers is a powerfully encouraging message. You don't want to miss it. And until next week, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao and Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.